thing is, until you can erase three Februaries, shut up. Quality over quantity. LeBron has beaten some of the best competition in NBA history. He's the GOAT emoji. I will not cuss. I will not cuss. I will not swear. I will not swear. Where sports is the base, life and fun are the results. This is The Brian Snow Show. I pushed the wrong button. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to this edition, the Tuesday edition of the Brian Snow Show. I got Chris Palme coming at the bottom of the hour. But I had a subject in mind. I hate fighting with my toys. I had a subject in mind for today, but uh, I'm going to do what I did this morning. Uh, and a snowman in the morning, and that is sent out a shout and a bunch of prayers for our brother Drew Willingham, aka D Willie. Uh, well, there's no certain way to say this, so I'll just go ahead and say it. Drew had a stroke on Sunday night, which explained why he was struggling at the tail end of his show, the inner out sports debate. Uh, I was crying this morning and I'll probably cry now because Drew is a brother to all of us. If you've had any kind of interaction with him, uh, if you had any kind of association with him, which, uh, we do have here at Snowman Multimedia and Snowman Multimedia Sports, we want to send our prayers and our good vibes and recovery to him that he gets a lot of rest. He is now home uh, from the hospital. And I can't tell you how happy I am to hear that. Mr. Willingham, you are an inspiration in terms of holding a full-time job down, starting a brand new one, keeping me in line with uh, my production and getting my production up and uh, just being a friend and being honest every time I talk to you. This is a tough one. I mean, I've had so many of my friends, close friends, go through health problems. You guys already know the health problems I've gone through. I'm having a hard time of it right now at this moment because uh, I didn't get any downtime this morning. I was so zoned in and focused, but this is about Drew and his steely-eyed focus on himself, his products, his production company, Sertoba Media, uh, his wonderful work with Legacy Maker Sports. And if you haven't had a chance to check out Legacy Maker Sports, I suggest you do so because uh, our sister station is uh, doing some great things. 
some very great things. I don't know why I always I always take a breath when I speak about Drew and uh, Legacy Maker Sports and everything that he does, but um, those guys are important to me. They are very important to me. And Hello? for my brother Darrell Owens, the man in charge of the Legacy Maker Sports Network, I'm trying to get him on the line right now that's why y'all see the phone Darrell are you with me yeah I'm here I know you heard the news about your brother Drew I want you to relate to the audience how much fun it was for you to call a game with him oh man Um, we had a really good time Uh, it was definitely a fun experience Uh, very energetic it was just it was a it was a really good time. Uh, Richmond, you know, kind of handled things in that one, mm-hmm. uh, but it was it was definitely a lot of fun. Definitely a lot of fun. I recognized his voice when he was on the call with you, and he shared the first thing he shared with me is that it was thirty degrees, and I said, Drew, I've done games that were colder, but it was his very first experience uh, being being a color commentator, what was the first piece of advice that you, that you shared with him? The biggest thing I told him is just, you know, you got to have fun with it. Um, you know, you gotta, uh, you know, gotta, gotta want to enjoy what you're doing. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, I told him, I said, you, you, you take all of that great baseball knowledge you have, uh, and just put your spin on it and really just have fun with it. And I think that was one of the biggest things for me um, to, to tell him. I said, but the biggest thing was just you got to have fun with it and you want to be able to tell a story um, and, and, and and be able to tell a story where people will enjoy it. Darrell Owens, the man in charge of the Legacy Maker Sports Network, joining me here doing this, doing this impromptu. And speaking of, you know, having fun doing baseball, I remember the first game that Darrell did. and. I heard the sweat going down his face on his very first call. I think it was for VCU. And I'm sharing this fun I'm sharing this fun story because that's what Drew is all about. Drew is all about laughter and having fun. I'm sharing that's why I'm sharing this story. I heard the sweat going down his face when he called me and he said, Snowman, I need help. I said, okay, what? I'm calling my first baseball game. And I immediately start chuckling. And he didn't hear me. He didn't hear me laughing. I said, all right, what do you need? And he goes, just like that. I'm like, just like that. You're behind, you're behind the mic. I'm getting ready to get behind the mic. What do you need? And Darrell's simple question to me was, how do I do this? And the advice that he gave to Drew, I gave to him. And I mixed in a few things. I listened to the entire call. And I mixed in a few things. And every time he got the message, he acknowledged it and, you know, put it on the put it on the broadcast. And I appreciate you. I appreciate D. Willie. I appreciate everyone at Legacy Maker Sports for being a sister station of Snowman Multimedia Sports. But, man, I know you and Drew have had some legendary debates, not just on your show, but his as well. Yeah, we have. Um, I think. I think our. Uh, you know, it's funny, but I will say, I think we probably agreed on a lot of stuff. 
Uh, I think we, I think we did agree on a lot of stuff. I think probably one of, I think one of our biggest, um, things that we, um, or we, I think we end up disagreeing. I think on one of the last episodes, we we're talking about, uh, the commanders and, um, Eric Benemy, uh, and, you know, was he, was he there to take over, um, you know, the, the spot or not, or was it a good move? And so we, we kind of got into that one a little bit. <laughs> that, that was, that was a really fun one. Those of you viewing the show for the first time on CSTV, welcome. For those of you watching via YouTube, welcome there. Um, we're putting this show on uh, Legacy Maker Sports as well via tape delay. But this has been fun to uplift everyone associated with Drew. I've been on Interout Sports Debate four different times. He and I do Sports Sensei's Unleashed every Friday. Darrell and I have had some legendary moments also i will share this one and drew this drew this one's for you buddy because i know you love to laugh for the nfc championship between the packers and the 49ers Darrell got a hold of me that week and said i'm not taking no for an answer you gotta come on the show i said all right when am i coming on the show and i thought it was at night and he said uh no this one is wednesday afternoon it's the only time i'm gonna have and I got to have you. Okay, I'm not doing anything. So I was in Walmart when I called in, and we're discussing things back and forth. And I'll never, I'll never forget. Darrell said, "How bad do you think it's going to be?" I said, "It's going to be bad." And his follow-up question was, and the whole time Jay is laughing at this. His follow-up question was, well, how bad? I said, you all are coming to us at Levi's Stadium. And Darrell tried so hard not to chuckle when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> he tried so hard not to chuckle when I, when, when I said that. And the next question I followed up with was, how are you all going to stop the 49ers running game? And then we went back and forth about that. Jay chimed in, and I said, I haven't even mentioned the best part yet. And I could just hear Darrell in a low tone going, don't do it to me, Snowman. Don't do it. I'm like, but I have to now. And he said, all right, what's the question? I said, how are you all going to stop George Kittle? Jay lost it. Jay just started cracking up laughing. And Darrell's response to me was the best response I've ever gotten. He says, well, we're just going to pray about it. <laughs> just going to pray about it. Uh, unfortunately, prayers didn't work. Uh, <laughs> I think I probably, probably should have tailored the prayers more towards uh, stopping on Raheem Mostert. That probably would have been the better way to take that. Uh, and I probably would have had a better chance. Didn't, uh, didn't you go to... Didn't you go to bed early that night? Didn't you wind up going to bed early? You said, I think by halftime you said, "All right, this one's over. I'm going to bed." Yeah, so it was a bad deal. By that time, I knew it was over. I'm like, you know, it is what it is. I think, but the biggest thing was for me, uh, like I feel like the prayer was answered, but in the wrong form. So I think when I said, "Hey, let's stop," you know, um, Kittle, he actually stopped Jimmy G. 
Mm-hmm. And it was the wrong person. Like I don't think maybe I miscommunicated <laughs> that. Wrong that's the only that's the only thing that I can tell that happened. Most of it gave y'all 160 in the first half. I know with like 230, man. Yep. Like, he, he had two he had two thirty on the night. And I saw a post from I got a notification of a post from Darrell. He said, This one's over. I'm going to bed. And I hear the frustration. In his voice, my buddy Trey Larkins came on the next day, and I'll never forget what Trey said. And he said, I had to make sure my Packer, my, my Packer backers were ready, but I knew we didn't have a snowball's chance in hell of winning, winning that game. My wife heard that comment and also heard yours and just cracked up. I, mean, I, I did. I, my thing coming into that game was I knew we couldn't stop the run. Yeah, and I, you know, it was just like if we could find a way to stop the run, then we got a shot. Mm-hmm. You know, and it just, it just couldn't, just couldn't stop the run, and it just didn't happen. I, I, and it was, it was, and I, and being in San Francisco, I didn't have a really good feeling about it. <laughs> um, you know, I'd be, but just looking at how Green Bay played in these NFC Championship games in Aaron Rodgers era, I don't think it would have really made a difference. Any- I mean, we only had, we only really had one other ch- NFC championship game where we were actually really competitive in, and we gave that one away mm-hmm. and that was a Seattle one. So, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, that was the, that, that one should have been a win. And it just, you know, but you know, that's, that's, that's the life of a Packers fan. I tell people, I say, you know, people, people say, people say, Oh man, well, you know, the Packers have been so good for so long. You should be, blessed. I said, let me tell you something. <laughs> I, I would rather, I I think I'd rather not make the playoffs than lose the way the Packers lose in, in the playoffs. I said because they lose ugly, and and sometimes it's a blowout. Yep. But some or sometimes it's just just a miserable way to lose a game. You know, fourth and twenty six, the fumble, the the <laughs> the uh, Larry Fitzgerald. You know, after we get the hail the hail mary, you yeah, you get the hail mary to tie the game. Which was a seven-minute review process, also because of someone right. punching the ball out, and then Larry Fitzgerald happened. Yes, exactly. So it's just like, man, it's like it's like a combination of things, man. You really, you really just didn't know, you know, how to take it. So, but you and know, like then I tell people, you there know, were the, what it is. There's the four games against the 49ers, two against Colin right. Kaepernick, and two against Jimmy Garoppolo, and this is all in the Aaron Rodgers era. During yeah. the Brett Favre era, at least Brett Favre and Mike Holmgren won. won. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, but, you know, I think our fortune against y'all changed uh, after the T.O. game because yeah. well, prior to the T.O. game, we had a little luck against y'all. We oh, were oh you had our number. I mean, yeah, you, forced, your and then, you forced Steve Young to throw the ball 65 times. Yeah. Okay, and when has Steve Young ever thrown the ball 65 times? It, right. Didn't have to. Well, he, exactly. Uh, he had an incredible offense behind him. But in 1995, yeah. your defense forced the running game. Um, how did the late great Jim Duran put it? You you slowed the running game to a crawl, and then right. you forced Steve Young to throw the ball 65 times. That's stupid. I mean, I, I knew the Packers defense was good that year, but doggone 65 yeah. times. 65 is a lot of times. Even, even, even with Montana, they only threw the ball like four, like he only threw the ball the most like 44 times in the game, which was Steve mm-hmm. Young's high, but you forced him to throw, you forced him to throw the ball 65 times, and when I saw that number, 
And then I saw that the Niners only got 17 points off you guys. I said, this this one's over. Yeah. And it was 14 nothing at 14 nothing at the end of one. But then Terrell Owens happens in 1998, and everything's changed since. Everything then. everything has changed, everything's since. changed since then. And this yep. in in 21, the division championship in Green Bay with the snow falling, I gave up. After y'all took the first possession right down the field against the number one defense and scored. And I said, okay, this one's done. My wife came upstairs and said, don't give up yet. Because, and these were her exact words, and I quote, Green Bay is going to screw up somewhere. She wasn't lying. (laughs) And and, and you know what's what's crazy, Snowman? I always tell people, like, the turning point of the game was the punt. Yeah. And I was like, and I said, no. Actually, the the turning point of that game was when um, Mercedes Lewis fumbled that uh, football when they were driving down the field when the score was seven nothing. Yes, Green Bay was going down the field, and if they had scored on that possession, game set the match. Way that game, game set match. The way the game was going, yep. That we our defense, even with the block punt, if that happened, we still probably would have. We more likely would have won that game. But when, but that, and that was in the second quarter. Yeah, and that, that was, was the second. That period. was a turning point for me because after that, our offense never really got going yep, again. It, it ground to a halt. The offense yeah. ground to a halt, and not only that. Yep the blocked field goal before halftime. Because think of it, if the Packers go up 10-0 at the half, you're forcing the 49ers to get the ball twice. Right. You're forcing San Francisco to get the ball twice, and they had the ball coming out of the locker room for the third quarter. So what happens in the third quarter? Uh, 49ers march right down the field, and Robbie Gold gives them a field goal. So it's 7-3 instead of 10-3. Right. And then the block punt in the fourth quarter tied the game at 10. The Packers still couldn't move the ball. They couldn't move the ball for anything in the second half except for the field goal, and that came out of necessity to keep it keep it at arm's length. And then Robbie Gold walked off. Yeah, and, I mean, it was, that's, that's what made that game, uh, I think, for me, devastating. I, I will say this, though. Like, I remember when, when – Y'all, you beat Dallas, and I said, okay. All right, the worst-case scenario here, I said, if we get San Francisco, we're going to lose, but – and I'm okay. And I was knew it going into it. It's just certain teams have your number. When they have your number, it is yep. what it is. Like, I knew y'all were going to beat Dallas. That's okay. Mm-hmm. San Francisco beat Dallas is, like, the worst thing that could happen to us. Yeah. Because um, I was like, if they if they beat Dallas – and I, I forgot who was in the other matchup. Well, it was Arizona and um the Rams. And I yes. said, man, I pray. I think we needed – Arizona to win, yeah. We would have faced Arizona, and I was like, "Please let Arizona win, please," because <laughs> I just knew, I knew it. I knew it's like it's just like uh because even in the games that we played, only one of those games are really a blowout, right? All of them were tight games, but we just lost ugly, mm-hmm. or we lost like the team that played the, the Packers team you've seen all year didn't come out and show up in during that time frame, right? So it was ha- happened every single time, yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, you you look at it and say, you know, what, what can you really do with it? Uh, you know, but now I'm I'm excited. You know, um, as much as I love Aaron Rodgers and always will, I'm actually excited about the Jordan Love era. I, I need to see if we wasted this number one pick or not. <laughs> that's, I think that's where I'm at right now. Even though we wasted this number one pick, man, I'm hoping that at least, even if he's not like great that he keeps us relevant or at least okay the team's solid but they're not great but and then y'all don't have we any to, weapons 
We don't. We really don't. We, I mean, y'all we got don't have any that, weapons. That's the problem. Yeah. We, we got young guys that have potential, but I felt like potential. Potent- potential runs out, doesn't yeah, it? Potential, yeah. unless Jordan Love is able to unlock that potential the way uh, yeah. Brock Purdy did with the 49ers. And Sam Darnold's going to do the same thing with San Francisco because that position, that quarterback position in, in Frisco, you know, anybody can hold that position with the weapons that they have. And Green Bay just hasn't developed those weapons yet after they let yeah. two of them go. Um, Devontae Adams and now Alan Lazard. Yeah, the, the Lazard one hurts more than a lot of people think. I mean, they love them in Green Bay. Um, you know, he's, he's probably, if not the best top five blocking receiver in the league. Yep. A lot of people love him as a, you know, he blocks really well. He can catch the ball pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I know it was kind of a mandatory thing for, not Brett, but we might as well say Brett, but for Aaron to, um, <laughs> you know, for Aaron to come to, to come there, they kind of wanted him to, you know, they, they wanted that, you know, they, they want, they want, he wanted Lazard there. He wanted Mercedes Lewis. He loves Big Mo. Yeah. I, I love Big Mo too, but I hate, I hate to see him leave, but I mean, he, that's more for leadership purposes. Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna lose pieces, um, you know. Uh, but right now we're we're getting okie doke again because of course. you know the Jets. You know Aaron Rodgers already told him don't make no deal with him until after the draft. So we're gonna lose out on getting probably one or two of those those picks that we probably should mm-hmm. be able to get mm-hmm. uh, if they were if the Packers were smart. This is my opinion. Don't even worry about the first round pick. We've never really hit on first round picks. We're so so with that. Right. Go and grab the Jets have back to back picks in the second round, forty three and forty four. Yep. Go take both of those and do like a conditional thing, like, hey, we'll take a second next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but if Aaron plays, we make it a first. That is how I would do it yeah. if it was me. And in that way, because then that would give Green Bay three draft picks in the second round almost pretty much back to back to back that'll give us 44 yeah. 43 44 46 oh man do that. love do talk that. love talking with you Darrell. i gotta get i gotta get you on the show for a full episode soon but thanks yeah, for ta- thanks for coming on and thanks for helping to cheer up drew that's why we're having this conversation and sharing a lot of memories we want to keep drew in uh in good spirits thanks a lot brother yeah Appreciate most it. definitely brother take care man Darrell Owens, the man in charge of the Legacy Maker Sports Network, joining me. And now, speaking of joining me, I want y'all to do me a favor and welcome Chris Pame. He joins me right now. What's up, Chris? Hey, Brian. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Look, you got two of my favorite logos in your background because this past year, I really dug into the CFL. And I mean, I dug deep into the CFL. And the reason's no longer there. That's Nathan Rourke. But you got Zach Kalaros, you got the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and I sat here on this couch and I watched the Grey Cup game in full on the big screen. I didn't, I didn't watch it on my phone or my tablet. I watched it on the big screen. My wife comes in and she goes, "You're actually watching CFL football?" Yep, she joined me because it's because because it's football. Who's your team in the CFL, man? Mine is the Toronto Argonauts, the 18-time Grey Cup champions. Argos. Yeah, they are the oldest professional football team in North America. This is their 150th year this year in 2023. Wow. And they originally, they were named the Toronto Argonauts 
uh, back in what 1873, 150 years ago, yeah. they weren't a football team. They were a rowing rowing club, which is still in really? existence in Toronto. And really? then they became a then they became a rugby team, and then mm-hmm. they became a football team. And the CFL was first formed in 1958. There was Canadian football before that, but the yeah. CFL, as we know it, uh, didn't get formed until 1958. I I admit something, and I will keep admitting it. Last year, I really got into the cfl any game i could catch on espn plus i got into it i i dug deep into into the cfl to the point where a friend of mine and i are going to do a weekly show on 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 the cfl tell everybody how fun a cfl game is oh cfl is great i uh grew up obviously i'm from canada i grew up in the 70s loving the CFL like the NFL. And uh, back right. in the 70s, the CFL was actually a little bit bigger than the NFL. A lot yeah. of the NFL guys were coming to Canada because there was more money. More uh, money but yeah. um, but uh, I love the CFL because it's football, and I like the rule changes. It's, it's, it's like I love the NFL for what it is, but I love the CFL. And too many Canadians figure, oh, if it's not uh, NFL or American, it's no good. But – you right. can like the CFL and the NFL and, and, and the athletes. They've gotten to know these guys. These guys are great athletes. And even Chad Johnson, Ojo yes. Cinco, who came to the Montreal Alouettes, said a lot of these guys should be in the NFL, but it's just lack of opportunities. And, yeah. and he was quite impressed with the talent level in the CFL. It's a great product. It is a great product. I had fun watching it. Who's your NFL team? NFL teams, the Philadelphia Eagles. NFC champions, fly Eagles fly. I had a chance to be on... Chris's show. We had a fabulous time. Uh, supposed to have Chris on a couple of weeks ago, but scheduling conflicts got in the way, and then my health got in the way. But I have him here this afternoon. All right, let let's let's just dive in. Let's have a fun conversation here. Um, is there any team you can see so far that will challenge the Argos for the Great Cup? Obviously, Winnipeg. I don't think Winnipeg is going to go away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, BC, I would have said so, but now they lost their quarterback, Nathan Rourke. Um, I do think in the East, I think the East will be improved. I think Hamilton, yeah. Hamilton's hosting the Grey Cup again this year in 2023. Yes. And mm-hmm. Hamilton added both Levi Mitchell. Um, a, oh, wow. Uh, I, I, a, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah, two-time Grey Cup champion with the Stampeders. So uh, mm-hmm. obviously the Argos will be the favorites, but I think the teams to look out for are Hamilton and obviously the Winnipeg Blue Bombers who have pretty well kept their coaching staff and their core uh, players in, and they're hungry to get back to win another Grey Cup. Can the Lions compete with Vernon Adams? I mean, they don't have Kid Rourke there. He's with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Can if, if with Vernon Adams being there for a full season, A, can he be the full-time starter? And B, can the Lions offense generate something without Kid Rourke? Yeah, I do. I I, I like Vernon well. I, I like him as a quarterback. I think um I think if he can stay healthy and they can protect him, uh, I think the Lions will be a contender. But I still think Winnipeg's still the team to beat yeah. in the Western Conference in the West. Uh Winnipeg. And then I would go with BC, Calgary, and then uh, Edmonton and Saskatchewan are going to battle out for uh, fourth and fifth. Ryan McCarthy joining us from Saratoga, New York, drops this note. You can never count out Calgary, fellas. You sure can't count out the Stampeders, but that's it's going to be a wild, wild West division this year. You mentioned Winnipeg, the chief in that 
uh, the chief in that division. You got BC and you got Calgary in that division as well. You know, what does Calgary do without Bo Levi Mitchell? That's going to be an interesting question, uh, but uh, he was ready to move on, and I think the Stampeders were ready to move on from him. But the yeah. Calgary Stampeders still have a tremendous head coach in Dave Dickerson, and John Hoffnagel is still involved with the, uh, the team. So I think Calgary is going to be one of the top teams in the West, along with Winnipeg and BC. Saskatchewan and Edmonton are both in rebuilds, and mm-hmm. I don't expect a lot out of those two teams this year. Yeah, I don't expect a lot from them either. And this is uh, 10 years removed from Saskatchewan winning the Grey Cup in 2013 on their home field, which, of course, was old Mosaic Stadium. And now they're in a full rebuild. We'll we'll zone in there for a few minutes. You know, where does Saskatchewan start their rebuild? Well, they're keeping the same head coaching stuff. I think it starts with the quarterback. Uh, they have to get themselves a quarterback. The CFL is like the NFL. If you don't have a franchise quarterback, you're not going to win. You go you're not going to win. No. And 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 the, you obviously offensive line and defense lines, but in in the CFL, it's like the NFL and college football. It all starts with having that franchise quarterback and then building. And I think the Rough Riders, I think they'll be improved this year, but I just don't see them being one of the top three teams in the Western uh, Conference. I think Saskatchewan or Edmonton. One of those teams might make the playoffs, but that's it. I don't see both of them making it. I don't see both of them making it either, but who has the advantage? Is it, I know I'm going to say the wrong name and I'm doing this purposely. Is it the Rough Riders or is it the Eskimos? I know no, that, it's, it's know. Edmonton Elks now. They changed the yeah. name of the yeah. uh, team to the, to the Elks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Edmonton Elks. They still got the same logo and the same colors of uh, green and gold and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But uh, yeah, they had to, they decided ownership there decided uh, for reasons they wanted to change the name to the Elks and stuff like that. They are why? kind of. I don't understand why because for years they were the Edmonton Eskimos. I know political. I didn't change. The same reason why the Cleveland Indians became the Guardians. Uh, political pressure and uh, mm-hmm. sponsors were kind of threatening to pull away from them if they didn't do it. So they were kind of a little bit pressured to do it as well, but so I've gotten used, but they got a nice logo still. They still I got like the same colors. I like yes. the Elks, yeah. Elks logo. I'm just used to calling them the Eskimos. Yep. But it's, it's so. sad that the Edmonton team, they were such a strong franchise for, for many years. years. Back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And lately, they have really struggled. And uh, I, I think they're going to have to struggle again this year before yeah. you start seeing some improvements. I still think they're probably going to be the worst team in the CFL coming in in 2023. I might be wrong, but that's my gut feeling. Who's 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 their starting? Who's going to be their starting quarterback this year? I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that, but. Uh, I know they had some struggles last year. I think it might be Cornelius. Mm. Uh, Cornelius. Uh, I can't remember his first name, but, but I, I know he has some good mobility and stuff. So the first thing the Elks have to do is they have to figure out who their starting quarterback is and then go from there. But I think Edmonton, Chris Jones is a good head coach. He won. He's won in Toronto. He's won in Calgary. Great defensive coordinator. I think he's a good head coach. I think Chris Jones will have this team improve, but I still think they're going to probably finish last in the West. Uh, let's let's go back to the to the Rough Riders. You mentioned they need a franchise quarterback. Who is who is that guy? I'm trying to remember. Uh, I don't know if it was Trevor. If they picked up Trevor Harris or not, 
but uh, they've gone through a number of quarterbacks the last few years as well, and they've uh, kind of struggled there. So, um, but they're gonna they're keeping the same coach, Craig Dickerson, as their head coach still. So, uh, but uh, the Rough Riders have to figure out who their quarterback is, and I think I don't think they're I I think they could be a 500 team this year. Mm-hmm. If, if they can stay healthy. But in the East, I really do think uh, Montreal with new ownership, uh, Hamilton hosting the Great Cup, and I think Ottawa. Ottawa is a better team than what their record was yeah. last year. So yeah. I think that Eastern Conference, the Eastern Division, is going to be much stronger. And the Argos, Argos are not going to – it's not going to be a walk in the park for the Argos this year. No, it is not. They are the defending Great Cup champions. Ryan McCarthy again from Saratoga, New York, wants to know, what is Chris's opinion about the Montreal Alouettes? Are they going to score any points with uh, Jason Massa? Uh, I like Jason, Jason Moss. Moss. As a, Jason Moss. Yeah, Jason Moss is a coach. And the Alouettes do have a new owner. Uh, he's a billionaire in Montreal. So um, I think the uh, with the franchise now having an owner with deep pockets and keeping the team in Montreal – I think the Alouettes mm-hmm. are going to be a better team than they were last year. And uh, just having stability uh, really helps. Because as you know, for many years, the CFL, they had uh, two or three teams in financial trouble. And yep. the league had to prop them up and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it's not a really good look for the league when that happens all the time. So yeah. um, I really do think Montreal is going to be a much better football club this year, uh, especially knowing that they have an owner that has some deep pockets in and wants to keep the franchise going because they have such a, a tradition there in Montreal with the Alouettes. One uh, one other note, uh, Rough Riders sign uh, Trevor Harris. Too bad he has no offensive line to protect him. Ain't that the truth? Because the last couple of years, the biggest problem for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders has been an offensive line. That's true. Uh, there is somebody th- that you should have on your show. Uh, she covers the Rough Riders. Her name is Daniela Ponticelli, and uh, I will I will give you her uh, social media information. Oh, I appreciate she it. she does a great job on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, pre and post game shows, and she knows the team better than anyone I know. And I think she would make a great guest on your show as well. I love it. I'd love it. Not only this show, but for one I got coming up, CFL Weekly will debut in May. That's awesome. I'd love to have you and quite a few others who cover the CFL uh, on on the show. I'm going to take a pause for a break because I had to take a breather. And when y'all get back, we'll focus on the NFL. Jalen Hurts got paid. Who gets Hurts next after this? So this thing called sports, it has fans again. It has full stadiums, full arenas, and more. And you want to be a part of it, don't you? Of course you do. If you begin to scour the resale market, there will be tickets available. And what you need to get those tickets that you want so badly is SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the app available to you that lends a hand in helping you get the tickets that you want for the events that you want. SeatGeek rates the tickets on a 1 to 10 scale, and the best part is the tickets are vetted for authenticity so you know what you are getting and you know you are not getting scammed. And now you can save even more by using the code SNOWMAN and getting 20 bucks off with your very first purchase. Yes, you can do all of that with the power of SeatGeek, helping you get to the games that you want so you fans can fan. So let's all fan. The original Think Drink is back. Level up with proven ingredients formulated to crush your competition. 
No gimmicks, no jitters, no messing around. Just high-potency results that keep you moving day or night. There's a new nerd in town, and we came to play. Nerd Focus. Smarter than energy. Here's an important message from the Diabetes Solution Center. Do you like pricking your fingers to test your blood sugar levels? No one does, but it's important to maintain your health. And now, by wearing a small remote device called a Continuous Glucose Monitor, or CGM, you don't need to prick your fingers anymore. It's easy to use and helps you make more accurate diabetes treatment decisions. If you are testing your blood sugar three or more times daily, injecting insulin, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetes Solution Center right now. And if you have Medicare or most major insurance coverage, you may be able to get a new CGM at little to no out-of-pocket cost. Shipping is free and will even bill your insurance company for you. If you are testing your blood sugar three or more times daily, injecting insulin, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetes Solution Center right now to learn how to end the painful finger sticks and get your own continuous glucose monitor or CGM at little to no out-of-pocket cost. This is and you're watching Shady Sports Network. Tune in, hit that like button. You might wonder... What do these guys do? Player signing announcements. I never in a million years thought you would actually come on to break this news. So without further ado, go ahead and tell everybody what happened today. Yeah, man, uh, I just had to work out with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, signing me right out. Um, without further ado, I'd like to announce that, you know, I'll be taking my talents to Salina Liberty. This just in, the Major League of Football is reportedly collapsing, unable to pay hotel room bills with players being kicked out of their rooms and hotel managers asking them to leave voluntarily without issue. And then we got Lions wide receiver Williams is debuting uh, this week as a starter. That's something to look at um, as far as the eye test goes. And then um, another one on the uh, eye test is Mostert it might be coming back to Miami. And we can see if he has a role in this offense um, and see if he can be viable for the next couple weeks coming and help us in the playoffs um, and possibly towards a championship. That would be uh, very nice because he's sitting on my bench right now. Where sports is the base, life and fun are the results. This is The Brian Snow Show. Indeed it is, man. We're having a ton of fun here this afternoon on this edition of The Brian Snow Show. Thank you, sweetheart. My uh, daughter, Sonia, just brought me uh, a refill of ice water, and we're ready to go, ready to keep going here as Chris Palme joins me from Toronto. Home of the Blue Jays, home of the Argos, and home of the Sky Dome. I know it's the Rogers Center, but I can't help it. It's the Sky Dome as far as I'm concerned. From the CFL to the NFL, and tell me, my friend, can anybody challenge your Philadelphia Eagles? I have a team in mind because we kind of played you for the NFC Championship, but I want to hear your thoughts first. Yeah, definitely. I think the Niners are, are going to be a great team next year if they can get healthy, if they mm-hmm. can uh, get uh, Brock Putty, uh back healthy and Trey mm-hmm. Lance. 
Um, if the Niners can get good quarterback play, stay healthy, obviously they'll be a contender. Right. Um, I think the Detroit Lions, you guys, I know people are going to laugh at me, but I think the Detroit Lions are going to be a contender in the NFC uh, next year. Obviously the Niners, the Eagles, I think they're going to be there. Uh, Minnesota, I think they've taken a step back. Green Bay's yeah. taken a step back. And uh, I, I, and I really I just really like the Detroit Lions the way they're going and and the 49ers. As for the the Eagles, uh yeah, money well deserved, but Brian, you know this and anyone that knows Philadelphia sports, Hertz is now not going to be some underdog rookie anymore. The expectations are going to be so great for him now, mm-hmm. especially in that city where Philadelphia fans go through quarterbacks. They chew them yeah. up so Yeah, just ask Donovan McNabb. Just ask uh, oh, yes. Wentz. Just ask Wentz. Nick Quick Foles. After Foles delivered a Super Bowl to them, you know, or Ron Jaworski, they booed or him Ron too. War- so. Or Ron Jaworski, yeah. who yeah. played in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifteen. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it's going to be a hard road for the Eagles. Uh, I think the Eagles are still going to be a good team. Uh, I do like the contract for Hertz because uh, mm-hmm. it's not going to affect their salary cap for a couple more years. Uh, but the expectations. The Eagles came out of nowhere last year to go 14 and three, and they were so close to winning the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Everybody, all the teams now in the NFC are going to be uh, going out for the, the for the Philadelphia Eagles. Just same with the the San Francisco 49ers. So mm-hmm. I, I think the road for the Eagles next year is going to be much harder uh, to get back to the Super Bowl than it was this year. How good can the 49ers be? Because they signed Sam Darnold, who in his stay in New York and his stay in Carolina, never had weapons to help him. Now he does. How good can he be in that in that quarterback position? Because it's more than likely he's going to start the season pending on the recovery time of both uh, Brock Purdy and, and Trey Lance. So how good can San Francisco be? I think they're going to end up having to run the football. I think they're going to have to, I think Mike Shanahan or sorry, Kyle Shanahan. I shouldn't say Mike. That's his dad. (laughs) Uh, I think Kyle Shanahan, I think he'll be able to coach him up. And as long Mm. as they don't make Sam Donald have to do everything and and just make sure he doesn't throw interceptions or fumble the ball. I think he will be, I think he'll be okay until, um, uh, Puddy and Trey Lance are back healthy. I'm not sure about Trey Lance's uh, injury right now, what his time right. frame is. Right. right. I'm not sure about that either. To the AFC, can anyone stop the Chiefs? If so, who? Well, I'd like to say Buffalo, but they have not shown it the last couple of years, especially in the no. playoffs. No, um, I, I would say right now, besides Kansas City, you got Bengals. I, mm-hmm. I still think the Cincinnati Bengals are a very good football club. And uh, Joe Burrow, like I said, I, I think he's a special quarterback. So Same. right now in the AFC, uh, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo, they did get Damian Harris and they've kept most of their core together. Mm-hmm. But there's something lacking with that team, especially yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. There's some there, There's something missing. A fun subject before we go. When I was on your show, we talked about a rivalry in the NBA and how rivalries are missing in the NBA. And one of my favorites of all time, your Pistons and my Bulls in the late 80s. When they got together in a playoff series, be it the conference semifinals or the conference finals, it was a straight-up war. 
where is something like that in the NBA today? The game has changed a lot. Um, back then, the guys weren't making as much money as they are now. Right. Back, back then, it was a business. Guys, they might have been friends off the court back in the 80s and 90s. But when it was time to play, it was time to play. It's, time and, to play. Uh, it's just it's just not the same league uh, as it was before. And the mm-hmm. rules have obviously changed, too, uh, with defense and stuff like that. And you'll never see a team like the Bad Boy Pistons again uh, no, because you won't. nowadays they would be all kicked out of the league. Yeah, easy, easy. Chris Pome joining me here on the program. Very, very dear friend and a great conversation. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate you coming on, and I can't wait to appear on your show again. Yeah, no problem, Brian. And uh, the CFL, by the way, for your listeners, the CFL training camp starts up in about a month, uh, the middle of May. And then by the end of May, uh, preseason football starts. And the Argonauts home opener is June 18th, Sunday, June 18th, 7 p.m. against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And those games will be on ESPN uh, 3 again this year as well. But, uh, Brian, I want to say thank you so much. Uh, for having me come on your show, and wow, if you and if you could send me a copy of uh, uh, my uh, uh, or your show later, that would be great as well. And I'll done. be glad to promote your show. Absolutely done. Absolutely done. Thank you, my brother. I love you. Thanks for coming on. You too. Thanks, Brian. Take care. Oh man, that's Chris Palme joining me here on the program, and uh, I know this feels rushed, but I'm starting to get a little dizzy. And I need to shut it down for the afternoon. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to say God bless. And I will see y'all tomorrow. Thank you for tuning into the Brian Snow Show. Where sports is the base. Life and fun are the results.